1: Dude, what's going on, man? I got an itchy foot. That's funny. I, I got back from a bike ride yesterday out on the open roads and there was a different spot itching on my body.
0: Well let's not talk about that at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering, you know, if if, if you've got a, an itchy palm, they say you're about to like get money or something Either like that. Either that or you've been masturbating too much. There's that. Or a hairy palm. I'm no, sorry. Different different topic. But entirely. what what does it mean when you've got an itchy foot? Like the top of your foot is itchy? Does it mean you're about to kick something? I don't know. <laughs> you're about to, to score a goal. I guess. Goal! <sighs> so what's happening? What's well, new?
1: our guest didn't show up today.
0: We're used to that, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was the show, this was supposed to be the show, where we had Oren Domenico on, our technology-hating Luddite friend, to talk about...
0: Hating does, technology and does, being a
1: Luddite. Does technology have a, a, a place in a green society, I guess would be kind of a way to, to put it, you know? Well,
0: we'll we'll talk to him about it some other time, and maybe we'll have to use baseball bats. There may be a brutal beating. Um, it reminds me of the movie The Warriors. Soap in a, in a, in a bag or something. We'll, we'll
1: yeah, we're going to give him a code red? That's right.
0: He's going to have a code red. Tom
1: Cruise is going to come in and start screaming,
2: did you order the code red? You got it right, I did.
1: Oh, anyway. <laughs> he can't handle the podcast. <laughs> I think that's the answer, actually. So, yeah, this is the second time he's pulled a no-show, actually. I guess it's third really the Third time's a charm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's unclear to me whether or not I want to give him a, a third chance because, you know, he literally emailed me with, like, an hour – to go before we were gonna start production. And you know, geez, I hate to put you out, but dot 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 fool
0: dot. me once, shame on me. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on you. Or the other way around. Pull my finger. No. Fool me once, no. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, because you know I gave you that second chance. Fool me three times, um we all have we won't get fooled again. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's what there's a little a little George Bushism there. Yeah.
1: So uh, um, So yeah you know and and we have the choice of Taking the high road or doing what a lot of people have been doing lately when people have pulled no-shows. Um, nah, I think we should take the high road. John McCain pulled a no-show on Letterman, and Letterman roasted him. I mean, he held his feet to the fire, and when McCain came on like a week later, McCain had his tail between his legs. I mean, Letterman ate him alive, and it was a beautiful thing.
0: Well, maybe we should be prepared for these no-shows, because they seem to be happening a lot. They just s- don't like us. We should have some or Maybe sort of like, they don't like uh, you. Well, it's me. We should have some sort of patch into the the machine here so that we could essentially slam them we'll call them up on the phone and say, "Hey, how's it going? Why didn't you show up?" Put them on the spot, that kind of thing. We could Skype him. We could Skype him. him. Um,
1: yeah, and then there was John Stewart, one of the uh, one of the guys on like CNBC who had been sort of making fun of homeowners for being poor. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and and and, and he had said something like, you know, uh, he was in the Chicago Stock Exchange. No, it wasn't Kramer. It was oh, a guy yeah, named— Oh, yeah, that guy. It was an Italian guy, Santelli, Rick Santelli. And he had said something like— uh, we shouldn't be bailing out these people who are, you know, whose mortgages are about to be, you know, whatever. you called them houses. losers. Yeah, he said some bad things, and he was at, in like the Chicago at, on the floor of the Chicago Stock Exchange or whatever. Yeah, because these people
0: taking out loans for maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars that they can't afford, they're the ones with their problems, not the people taking out these several billion dollar loans and flushing it down the toilet. But
1: it was, you know, what he did was he he ended up like going, he he ended up speaking to the whole floor and we shouldn't be bailing them out, should we? And everybody at the the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Was like that's what
2: Yay! it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were all, all these screaming.
1: traders and bankers going. Yeah! yeah, yeah, and and Santelli was supposed to make an appearance on Stewart, and he pulled a no show too. I mean, not. I mean, he 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 said that he would be coming. It wasn't a no call, no show. Right. It was a no show. It was a call no show, just like McCain's kind of was, but Stewart reamed his anal sphincter. I
0: mean, yeah, but you've got to give Jim Kramer some credit for showing up. I do give up. Kramer
1: some credit for showing up, but he had his tail between his legs. Did you see the whole segment? Well, he was very apologetic, and he was very humble. He was very humble, and I thought the uh, exchange between Stewart and Kramer was very civilized and yeah. very good. And I, but, but at times Stuart took it seriously, you know, like, like Stuart dug up those videos of Kramer when he was managing a hedge fund talking about these legal, but ethically dubious, I think was the phrase he used to describe it means of, of making your hedge fund grow or, or whatever. And I just remember Stuart going, Mr. Kramer. I want you on CNBC to protect me from that guy. I yeah. want you to protect me from that Kramer. And he swore. He used expletives quite a few times, too.
0: But, yeah, anyway. Well, so. and, and I brought this up with you before. You know, it's what a sad state of affairs we've got going on when, when Comedy Central is the one. What? You're having an affair? Yeah. Comedy Central is the thing that's, that's the, keeping <laughs> keeping it real. They're the yeah, ones they're, doing the investigative they're reporting. They're
1: the ones doing the uh, journalism, you know? Right. It's a sad, 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 state. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll give Warren a third time's the charm. Three strikes and you're out, though.
0: He's well, got you know two. what? Two he, strikes. We're going to give him a chance because the third time we're going to have to require that he brings some offerings of peace. <laughs> that's right. Like and he's frankincense past- and myrrh that and kind pastries. Of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Because
1: that's what we really need. <laughs> here. Because that was his excuse for not being here. I have to stack the pastries. It's pastry night. <laughs> that's it's a pastry. euphemism. I have to inventory
0: the pastries. <laughs> it's a euphemism. No, it's not a euphemism. Think that's about what it. he said. What kind um, of... Th- I have to stack the pastries. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's he doing? Oh, what He's in the bathroom stacking the pastries. <laughs> could be. Oh, anyways. There we go again. Uh, yeah. Gutterizing. You know what? What? I think we should uh, knock off some of this buffoonery. <laughs> what is this demonry you speak of? <laughs> Let's go right into some tunes. You want to play we, a tune? Yeah, because
1: I, I think we're, little... we're going to get right this into the gutter. This is going to be a lighthearted show. No, really? I don't think we're in the gutter at all. I'm, no, I mean, I'm having I, fun. I think
0: we're going to start blasting him more than we, we should. <laughs> That's right. I think we need to cool Wait, it all.
1: Well, that begs the question, how much does he deserve, well, first how, of all?
0: Well, we'll think about that over the break. That's right. Okay. Here all we right.
1: go. Here we, we got a track. <laughs> Very sultry.
0: Thank you very much. You're talking about me? <laughs> oh. no, well, a little bit. Well, I did wear my crushed velvet You got the gown. thong on today? <laughs> I've got the thong on underneath my crushed velvet gown, ball gown.
1: Very, very. Um, I'm smoking
0: a cigarette from one of those holders. You got a, very cool. It's yeah. blue velvet, by the Do way. Do you have
1: a Russian accent?
0: <laughs> of course, darling. <laughs> It's the movie Russian accent. It's not a real one. That
1: was our our good friend Amanda Monaco with the Amanda Monaco Four. The A. All four of them. Four. That's right. Four of them in the studio together, cutting tracks live, no overdubs, right to two that's, track tape.
0: That's respectable. And what was that one called? That was called Go Lightly, Holly. Go, I mean, go lightly. go lightly. Go Lightly. Cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And uh, that uh, Spinal Tap would describe but That was Jazz Odyssey. <laughs> Jazz Odyssey. <laughs>
0: We're not to, we're about, about to do, jazz do a jazz odyssey. odyssey.
1: We're not about to do a free-form jazz exploration
0: in front of a festival crowd. <laughs> Written by the bass player, right? <laughs> Derek Smalls. He wrote this. <laughs> so you know, our friend. Uh, well, it's it's yet to be seen if he's our friend yeah, or our, an, our, our our acquaintance. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very neutral term. <laughs> The person, he threw us in a bind. The person known as Oren didn't show up, but uh, one of the topics we were going to discuss was technology. So we figured we'd hit into something that was uh, maybe near and dear to our hearts. What's that? A top five. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're related to technology.
1: We're going to explore uh, the Oren technology thing in the future, but I really want him here for that because he's a bit of a Luddite. He's very old-fashioned. He hates everything technological.
0: <laughs> he, uh, He'll he be an interesting— He he has a, a horse-drawn carriage that he he rides to work every day.
1: That's right. And, you know, I, I mean, not to quote Spinal Tap again, but I'm going to. You and Orin are a are, are little— You don't
0: often quote Spinal Tap.
1: You're a little diametrically opposed in the quote Derek Smalls when he was talking about uh, Nigel and— David St. Hobbins in the band. He goes, we have two visionaries in the band, two very distinct visionaries. One is like fire and ice, and I feel it's my job to be <laughs> lukewarm water. <laughs> right. So so I was going to be lukewarm water, and we were going to have fire and ice. You know, John and Oren here
2: v- vehemently Am I the discussing ice man? T-
1: I don't know which one you are. It's not important, but t- somewhere, between fire and, speed. F- somewhere between fire and ice, there was lukewarm water, and that was going to be me. You're dangerous. I am dangerous. <laughs>
0: ice. <laughs> Man, <laughs> oh, it's just a—it's a flurry of quotations that are absolutely lost from on a great movie and some from it's a not mo- so great. It's the movie. most horrible movie ever made. So, what's our top five? It was your idea, and I think that you should kick it off.
1: Well, the top five most important inventions or discoveries made by man, in our
0: humble opinions, in our not so humble opinions. Actually. Uh, yeah. I'm doing this off the top of my head. You've got a list. Did you think about it? Absolutely. Okay. You, am I
1: going first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, this one's quite obvious.
0: Fire. <laughs> fire. <laughs>
1: You're going for the classics. Well, I, I have gone for the classics in fire. Here's what I wrote. Fire. Fire good. That's what I wrote next. <laughs> no, fire bad. <laughs> Examples. Cooking food, firing pottery, vulcanizing rubber, sterilization, burning witches, etc. <laughs>
0: Also, we, we included, you know, we haven't had a, a, a good old fashioned witch burning lately. I know. I miss that. The Jeez. good old days.
1: You know, and, and, I mean, there are some very fundamental discoveries and among. And, and, like reading? Well, no, whatever. Language. I mean, those are. reading is fundamental. Those are, <laughs> That's right. Riff. Um,. The bookmobile. Remember those? Absolutely. That's a good and, invention. Yeah, and in keeping with the bookmobile, you can't have a bookmobile without the wheel. So at number one, I and have a tie. you can't have a good
0: book burning
1: without the fire. That's right. So at number one, I have a tie. I have fire and the wheel because they're very fundamental. And I don't even like the word inventions, but eventually fire was discovered. And like all
0: technology... Repeatable fire is absolutely an invention.
1: And like, yes, and like tech all, any and all technologies... They have good aspects and they have bad aspects. Fire is great. Again, examples, cooking food, firing pottery, vulcanizing rubber, sterilization. Hello. Sterilizing witches. Burning witches. Now, your house accidentally burning, burned down, not so good. So, it, you know, it's a yin and a yang. Like all things in our universe, we have a yin and we have a yang. Fire is a yin and, and yang. you are definitely a yin-yang. Kind of technology. And the wheel, of course, very important.
0: Well... Actually You're number one then. That's funny because your number ones which you're cheating already having two number ones. Your well, your number ones I, know, but,
1: I mean I didn't want to go down fire the wheel, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these fundamental basic concrete. things. That, Is that on your not, list? No, no okay. concrete's not on right, there. Not Although gonna... hydraulic concrete should be on there as a fan of the
0: Roman Empire. You know, it's funny because your number ones actually hit are part of or or play off of uh my number ones in Five, maybe. Um, My number one is refrigeration. Interesting. And opposite of fire, kind of. But because of the same thing, because you can preserve food. And and the thing that I was thinking of when I was thinking about all five of mine, I had to narrow it down to five because I had a whole huge list. Yeah. But uh, when I was thinking about them, I, I realized that I had a theme going on. And the theme was, and I didn't do it intentionally, was things that kind of make the world smaller, that expose individuals to things... Larger than they could possibly imagine. So, refrigeration, it's not just preserving food so that you can, so it doesn't spoil, but it actually allows people to experience foods that aren't regional. That, that, right. So, it, it makes them know which, which Oren would, would object to. Because, because he only wants people to eat things that are grown within the spoilage radius.
1: Locally. he want, He's into local economies. And the amount of fuel and carbon you put in the atmosphere, boating or flying out-of-season produce to a different part of the world is
0: huge. And and that's a perfectly valid argument. I I think that 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 part of his argument is absolutely true. And, and again, I don't want to argue with him when he's not here in, in absentia. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but the, the thing that I would object to is that I think that it's great, just like space exploration. If you are, if you're aware of the universe around you, or if you're more aware of the things that are outside of your sphere, then you're more more open minded, and you're more willing to preserve those things because they're more precious to you. You 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 start to think, oh wow, the world is a great place, and and maybe we should. Uh, Preserve the strawberries that aren't grown locally, maybe. We- or, or, but, 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 beyond that, though, you can preserve the things that are grown locally.
1: I mean, even true, if you're into local true. economy, you can have locally produced meats or locally produced vegetables that you want to preserve, and refrigeration well, would be a big part of that.
0: I'm not talking specifically. Pre-
1: at, at the end of the day, it saves money. It saves money for for the consumer because there's no there's less spoilage,
0: right? It, less wait, and, and Last I'm not waste. talking about just preserving the thing itself. I'm talking about preserving the region. I mean, if there's a re- one region in the in the world that produces this thing which is fabulous and everyone knows about it and appreciates it you want to preserve that region sort of like the burgundy region of France or well, yeah fine wines. or anything you know you' you've got you know certain places that make fantastic cheeses yes you want to preserve that specific unique environment I like the cheese and you don't want to and if more people know about it and more people appreciate it you're not going to destroy that because it's ah, just a couple of farmers appreciate that cheese because they're the only ones who can really get it when it's not spoiled.
1: And if you if you read the blog from May or June of 2005, you know that lack of refrigeration was actually the cause of the extinction of the dinosaurs. I wrote a little piece about that in my, one of my comedy vignettes.
0: Oh, because their food spoiled.
1: B- basically, yeah. yeah. It was funnier than the way you just said it, but whatever. Well, you
0: know, I'm the straight guy. <laughs> not,
1: <you're... laughs> not even close, actually, from what <laughs> right. I've seen. But... All right,
0: so what's your number two? Well, everything on your well, list this is, is number very, two.
1: This is very vague. This is very vague. I'm going to say the word tools, but I'm going to be specific. you're oh, talking about yourself. That's right. Um, speci- here's what I wrote. Tools, period. Specifically edged tools like knives, which allowed early man you're to like make— You're like going way back in time on these. Which allowed early man to make all sorts of things. You know, it allowed them to, to kill an animal and cut the animal. But Even a it, mockingbird. Yes. To, yes. And, well, here's what I wrote. Which allowed early man to make all sorts of things, including the preparation of food, which might have been cooked on fire. This ultimately led to the plow, though. But see, this is interesting because there were in, – in, in certain regions of Europe, there's very hard ground, and the wooden-bladed plow couldn't dig into the ground. So they developed an iron-bladed plow, which allowed them to um, plow the bronze. fields. Well, it probably would have been bronze. The Bronze Age came before the Iron Age. It was certainly. a stone plow first. It, it may have been that as there well. But henge. having a hard enough thing to cut through – the soil, which allowed for increased food yields and stuff in the beginnings of modern agriculture. But anyway, sharp edged. Tools. And in, in different parts of the world, you know, I mean, even as the Romans were were developing one of the most sophisticated cultures in the, the history of civilization, even four or five centuries later on in Mexico, the Aztecs or whatever, or the Mayans in South America, they were still using obsidian glass as their sharp edges, much like the Native Americans a thousand mm-hmm. years earlier were using flint. You know, they
0: hadn't. They they were still a stone age culture, essentially in in, it's, in it's Mexico. A, not to divert or or go on another tangent as we usually do, but I think it's an amazing process. If you ever Flint see someone, knapping. yeah, it's yeah.
1: beautiful, yeah, it's it's amazing. But sh- a sharp edge is one of the most handy things that you can have. You can cut yourself with it and really f yourself up. But I mean, I have a knife and I showed it to John once when I had just purchased that. I'm a small collector of knives. I like edged weapons. I use to fence. I mean, they intrigue me. And um, wow. to me, uh, a knife is a tool. You know, it's nothing more than a tool. Well, and
0: I and I think that that's pretty much the the thing that we're saying here with any technology. There's always going to be a, a good usage, and there's always going to be some downside to it. You know, in the in the wrong hands, anything can be horribly detrimental.
1: Yeah, and I remember one time I was at the Cafe Domenico, which is, by the way, the cafe that Orin, the guy who blew us off tonight, why are you owns. giving him a plug? <laughs> well, I I am because I love Orin. But I was at the Cafe Domenico, and I normally have my Lockblade on me. I don't have it on me right now. It's downstairs. And somebody had set, somebody needed a knife to cut something—a real use of a tool. So like Rambo, and you pull this thing out. Yeah, I was like Rambo. I pulled this knife out. I flipped it open and I flipped it around. You so be the...
0: careful in this day and age. You could be sent to like Homeland Security for no. Doing something I, like I know
1: that. that, but I pulled the knife out. I flipped it around. I handed him the weapon um, pommel first. <laughs> weapon? Well, yeah, I handed him the tool pommel first. And all of my friends were freaked out. They were like, what are you doing with a knife? And I said, you've known me for two years. I've always had this knife on me. I just... Want to see my guns? I don't show it to you because... It only comes out when it needs to be out because it's a tool. I haven't showed you my screw gun either, you know. <laughs> but that's because I also have a compressor in my back pocket. <laughs> that's right. And the day we need that, I'll bust it out. But my friends nailer, were... too. But your reaction was kind of the same way. Your reaction was like, mm, I don't like knives, you know.
0: Because well, they have that negative weapon-like I don't, connotation. I don't have a problem with it. I used to carry a jackknife with me because I was in Boy Scouts. Imagine that. I, I used to carry a jackknife with me at all times, but it got to be one of those things where— where, you know, it can be dangerous and people started. It, it, came, it got this weird connotation, especially in this post 9-11 world Ugh. where, you know, anytime you've got something that can cause harm, even nail clippers, you're considered a threat. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, it's absurd. And we talked about that a couple weeks yeah. ago
0: with my months you know in
1: class thing. And
0: I, I This was uh, last year or the year before. I can't even remember. I was flying for, for doing some consulting work. And I had I had a Swiss Army knife that was given to me as a a one year it must have been like three four years ago. You shouldn't have brought that. A one year anniversary. And I wasn't even thinking. It was on my keychain. It was a one year anniversary gift. You know, a little little Swiss Army knife with an engraving on it. And I said, Hey, what the heck? You're pulling me aside for what? They're like, Well, you have a weapon, sir. I'm like, Oh, you're kidding me. So I had to I had to actually I I said I'm not going to throw it out. They said you have a choice. You can you can have us confiscate it or you can You know, go out. So I luckily I got there in time. So I I went out. I left the entire gate, went back to my car, took the thing off my keychain, and went through the the entire rigmarole all over again.
3: That
1: reminds me, when I was on grand jury duty for the county, you know, they had the metal detectors when you would go in, and then they have the little cup. You take your keys out, you put them in there. But they, they wouldn't allow a Swiss Army knife in. But grand jury duty in this county is six weeks, and they got to know me so well, I would just take my keys and my Swiss Army knife out, put them in the cup, and because they knew me, they got to trust me. They never checked the cup. I'd go through the metal detector. I was clean. I'd pick up. My knife and my keys, and go right through. But that was because what they got to know me. The, the Glock, <laughs> the, well, that was that's ceramic. They didn't find that at all. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're shorts. It got, to, but again, a kind of social engineering. I was taking advantage of their trust because I knew they knew me. It's a good thing that you weren't a terrorist. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, I could. You're kill like a, a sleeper cell. I, I could, could your own. kill at least hundred people with the three quarter inch blade on my Swiss Army knife. Holy Jeez. cow! Anyway, you're number All two.
0: Right. My, we're only at number two. My number two is personal transportation, and and I'm not talking about you know bicycles. I'm talking about the the Bicycles, automobile. I thought about though. I well, was, it, that's actually a good one. It's an amazingly efficient form of um
1: locomotion. converting con, yeah locomotion converting human energy into oh, yeah. to, to, to energy
0: con, uh transference or whatever yeah, yeah. but yeah i'm thinking about uh, the automobile and and i'm not saying oh yeah we're great we're we're churning up all this you know fossil fuels i'm just talking again there used to be a period in, in time where before the the affordable automobile before people didn't, the model T. Yeah, the, the mass produced mm-hmm. affordable automobile. I I'm not talking whatever. about the just the invention of the first automobile. I'm just saying when 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 most people with a few dollars could actually afford to have one car in the family or within, you know, a large Middle family. America. Yeah. People got to see the, the United States. People got to see the, where they were they were from and, and things outside of the thing that you could walk to or take a horse to or, or something like that.
1: Which, again, has its advantages and disadvantages.
0: But Everything that we're bringing up here is going to have its advantages and disadvantages. I'm just saying that, that once you got to know the town next door that you couldn't walk to within a day or, or, or ride a horse to within a day or two, and you got to go there within a day and back, you got to meet new people. You got to see new things. You got to experience the world. And it was a, a freedom. And in fact, this, this country was built quite a bit on getting in your car and taking a vacation and seeing the United States and, and appreciating the sights and, and sounds of the United States. And, and I'll talk about this again some other time. I may have mentioned it too, that you know I took one of those trips. I, it was a spring y- break thing. You and Derek. Yeah. No, it was uh, Mark. Oh. We, we traveled cross country because I just wanted to see the United States. And yeah. your Mazda pickup. It was a brutal trip as far as the transportation itself. But I mean in in terms of, you know, you know, nineteenth century transportation, it was a luxury. But man, just being able to hop in a car and drive a couple of hours and you can see people who have different accents. I could drive to a different country like Canada, it was it was an amazing thing. So I think yeah, personally or affordable transportation is is a it's a pretty significant invention. Or development, I'd say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, my number three is the clock. The clock is. A, like way basic on these. The clock is one of the most significant developments ever. I mean, first we had an Egyptian, and I can't remember his name, but he he developed the water clock. He he perfected a, a gentleman who lived in Alexandria, and he developed the um, Virginia the no Egypt, oh. uh, with the home of the Great Library, and um, he perfected the water clock. And he has a very interesting name, and it's escaping me right now. But um, there used to be – there was a a gentleman who used to work for the BBC. He was their science correspondent named James Burke, and he used to have a show called Connections, Connections. which is one of – as far as I'm concerned, the most brilliant science show ever because he showed you how one invention led to another. Everybody was working off of the works of others until we got to this amazing thing. And and one of the most significant uh, developments in clockwork was developing a clock – that you could use at sea to help you navigate, to plot your location on the open seas. And clocks for centuries were either water-based or pendulum-based. But a pendulum-based clock is going to be skewed when you're at sea because of the rolling of episode. the ship. Yeah. And somebody finally came up, they, they and what he talked about was the development of spring steel, which allowed you to wind a watch or wind a clock so that it could have a predictable... Um, Energy output, so that mm-hmm. you knew that it was clicking off seconds accurately, and that allowed you to that would allow you to know your place on the Earth through using a sextant and triangulation and all those things with the stars. And of course, ultimately, now we have GPS, which is based on the atomic clock. The clock. I mean, ultimately, our universe is a clock. Well, you know, we you we go around the thing- sun every three hundred sixty five point two four. You know, days a year. The universe is a clock, but what we had to do was come up with something that modeled the time of the universe accurately, and we've we've done that
0: to amazing levels of precision. Though, but what's what's really cool about GPS, and, and again, another tangent here, is that it's not just taking into consideration the uh, spatial. Um, and time differences and in, in the amount of time it takes for, for signals to go between different locations, it's also taking into consideration the speed and, and uh, the relativistic effects. Yeah, no, effects. It's, it's calculating it's, relativistic effects. Oh, absolutely. It's insane. Yeah, it's Einstein, really cool.
1: Einstein would be blown away by by GPS, you know, the yeah. technology involved there. He, he would be amazed.
0: Yeah, if it wasn't for Einstein, we wouldn't be able to find our way, you know, to a, a Dairy Queen with our GPS device.
1: That's right. Or Tricia McMillan otherwise known as Trillion.
0: <laughs> All right, my number three. That's I'm so gonna... unlikely. <laughs> That's so improbable, what you're saying. <laughs> Fan- fantastic books. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going back. I'm number going, three. I'm going back. You're, to my, you're winding back. I'm winding back to one of the simpler things, but it would only made number three on my list. And this is the uh, invention of movable type.
1: Oh wow! Okay, I guess it makes sense that you would go there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I've said this maybe to you a million and a half times. I actually love typography, but the thing that that I'm I'm thinking again, and, and who they, invented movable type? I think his name was Gutenberg. That's right. The thing that movable now where type... does Aldus Manutius fit into all this? I don't know. The the thing that that uh, was the the invention of movable type created was accessibility of books, accessibility of of print, print the written word. And and that, again, it opened up people's minds. It opened up people's universes. Before, it was all handwritten, hand copied stuff. So books were, were extremely expensive, extremely rare. A something, lot of monks were <laughs> yeah, handwriting Yeah, because anytime these time you copy something, it'd have to be handwritten every single page. So it's not like. Lots the, of Gregorian chant going on, <laughs> lots of reverb, incense,
1: lots of echoes,
0: <laughs> lots of incense. Stone rooms, <laughs> Trappist monk type jam being <laughs> Hair made shirts. <laughs> living in cells. Self-flagellation. That's right. Well, but, but what happened is, you know, again, the world opened up when the common man eventually was able to read things and read about things and learn things that... that it just blew their minds. Normally, all they could do was learn about the things that, you know, milking the cow, you know, hacking the wood, something that was handed down from generation to and, generation. And other than the Bible, which, of course, Gutenberg was that famous was first, for printing. That the
1: first, What are some of the other famous books that were printed using movable type? Can you name a few?
0: Um, I'm thinking Catcher in the Rye.
1: No, 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 no. I mean early books, early <laughs> books. Early, early books? Yeah. There was a very famous book called De Re Metallica about metal, which was uh, published about metallurgy. Back really? in in that time, in the time of Gutenberg, that was one of the first books. And the only reason I know that is because James Burke talked about that in a variety of Connections episodes. Principia was probably done with a very Ma- primitive, movable type. Mathematica Principia, mm-hmm. right? That was one of the first books ever written
0: about mathematical
1: principles. That's another one,
0: yeah. Yeah, so— at- I'm just saying that that again this is this mind expansion this this uh and it was a, a way for people to transfer information to each other obviously books transfer information but it was a way for people to to store information transfer information and to um I, I guess it was it's a, a way for people to increase their imagination too you know if if people are able to to write um and copy something down, and it's kind of like well, I want to, I don't want to give away one of my four or five choices here, but it, it's kind of like the internet in that you can, you can just put stuff out there, and and the the barriers are broken. You know, the class the class barriers are broken. Common so, sense, yeah.
1: What, what what more do you need to know? Common sense.
0: Well, yeah, the
1: book, common, the pamphlet, right. yeah. common Thomas
0: Paine, yes. So, I just I just think that it, before the the accessibility of uh, cheap books, it was it was a class thing. Only the rich could yeah. become intelligent.
1: And Aldous Manutius, by the way, was famous for publishing little books, little pocket sized books. And so that's, of f- course, where the Aldous software company got their name from. The, right. Who the original makers of PageMaker, which I think Adobe ultimately bought. right? right? Adobe PageMaker. Okay, my number four. Number four. And I'm going to say the name Galileo, and you're going to know what I mean. The telescope. That was on my short list. Putting two lenses together in such a way that allows you to view... And here's what I wrote. The telescope allows us to see the beauty of our external world and look at our neighbors walk around in their houses in their panties and bras. So the telescope, again, a yin and a yang. It has, you know, a little bit of a good and a bad. and uh, But nonetheless, it, and again... Telescope. He wasn't trying
0: to see Jupiter. He just wanted to see the neighbor's he just underwear.
1: That's right. And uh, number five gets to something that's of mine that actually gets to something that's kind of connected. But we'll get to that when uh, when we get to that. So the telescope, a very significant invention, and at the time um, it, it made you know Galileo was of course looking at the heavens, but it also allowed people to look out into the waters and see invading armies coming and prepare yep. for battle in advance because they could see these kinds of things. And you could see your neighbor in her panties and butt,
0: <laughs> Which is actually more important than the it, bad. Well, for me anyway. Well, it gives you a reason to fight. Absolutely. Well, and my number four, and I already gave it away a little bit here, was, uh, well, the internet. Ah. Al Gore. <laughs> Al Gore. And again, this is one of those things where I think that... You know, if if you are a luddite and and you're saying, oh yeah, the internet, it's you know, it's a fad. There's so many technologies though that that come into
1: the invention of the internet. I mean, like fire is its own thing, but the internet requires electronics. Well, of course, the internet requires the invention of the microprocessor. The internet requires it's not an
0: elemental invention. Yeah, no, I mean, you know? like fire. Well, is I mean, like an automobile is not an elemental right. invention. Yeah, you need so to, to have... pick some crappy ones. <laughs> I'm oh. I think that the the internet is one of those things that builds on top of other. Inventions and other discoveries and, and uh, advances, but it's one of those things that comes together in again, just like the best inventions not being used for what it's intended for.
1: But a great democratizing technology, and that's absolutely especially it. with the
0: media. It's it's and I threw this word out to you before. It's it's disintermediating pretty much everything in terms of of knowledge. You know, you don't have someone telling you what you can learn and what you can't learn. You don't have someone telling you that you can't put your information out there as, a, as a, an information producer. I can just put on a blog that, you know, I'm having a cheese sandwich this morning. You're on Twitter. I'm having a cheese sandwich this morning. Did it, you have a cheese sandwich? No. It can be crazy. Would had, you
1: have a cheese sandwich in the morning?
0: I had one last night. Uh, in the morning? No. Right. N- well, actually, I might if it was melted <laughs> and cheddar. With eggs, well, chatter, yes, um, but you chatter, can, good. You can much put like fire. You can put that garbage out there, but you can also write a very important, you know, political treatise that changes people's lives. Not unlike Common Sense by Thomas, Paine. exactly. Payne. And and you can put it out there essentially for free. I mean, well, the internet in, in many ways is like movable type. And absolutely, you see, I have a theme. It, <laughs> it and it puts the stuff out there immediately. It's it's instantly in other people's in other people's hands. And it's a conduit, like movable. And life. you don't have someone like ABC News telling you whether it's newsworthy or not. You don't have an editorial board saying, "Well, you know what, that political cartoon is a little bit too racy. You're going to have to, you know, put some put a little fig leaf on the genitals there." <laughs> right. You know, you put the information out there in its raw form, and you let the people decide. And and I'm thinking that what better than what better invention for society is there than the internet?
1: Well, maybe, maybe guns. That's, that's a fair question.
0: Actually, firearms was something I considered, but did
1: not put on my list. But firearms, much like the edged the the edge tool, the bladed tool, were a, a pretty significant advancement in, in human's ability to be able to forage for food and yep. and and kill each other. <laughs> my number five. And reduce populations. That's right. right. It's, it's, it's it's decrease the surplus population, as Scrooge would say. Uh, my number five, I'm, I'm going ahead a few hundred years here from the telescope, but I'm going to radio, which is another kind of telescopy. <laughs> is that a word? I hope so. I just invented it. Colonoscopy? What? No, telescopy. Because we have, we have telescopes which operate in the, the visible spectrum, and we have telescopes which operate in the radio spectrum. Right. But radio, here's what I wrote Radio, Uncle Milty, need I say more? Radio, gaga, radio. Radio for decades was entertainment for people it's the modern tv as much as i hate to say that but you know people would 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 crowd around their gigantic radios that were 5 feet high and were 3 feet wide made of wood with big dials talking about the wireless radio right vacuum tubes and that glowed and breathed fire and the vacuum tubes that i love so much but radio but radio has brought us so much again we we get into radio astronomy we, you know we we have th- this thing in the in in our world called light pollution which doesn't always allow us to see out because there are things reflecting light, which which make it difficult to observe, you know, to do deep space observations. But radio astronomy doesn't care about that. It cares about radio interference and things like that. But, I mean, we can throw these radio waves out there and observe things and convert them into visible things. Yep. But anyway, the, the radio was important because— um, it, well beyond radio astronomy I mean it was just a, a very early way to disseminate information and a very early way to communicate with people very far away from you we didn't have to use smoke signals anymore we didn't have to use the Pony Express we could relatively instantly by any stretch of the imagination instantly certainly compared to the technologies
0: that, that came before it right. communicate with people at, in different places on our globe which is which is incredible well and and without the radio you wouldn't have radio dispatchers like Louis De Palma that's true too and it's funny because my number 5 is is kind of related to that and that's satellite telecommunications. Hmm. Before, I mean, we have radio, it's kind of like line of sight almost, you know, where but once you've got the curvature of the earth going on, that radio signal's not making it around sure it to is. the other side, well, not efficiently.
1: Bouncing, sunspots, ionosphere,
0: all kinds of stuff. But not efficiently, you know, it degrades not predictably. Exactly. And but with satellite communications, telecommunications...
1: Which are still line of sight, by the way. It's just yeah, you can always bounced.
0: see the satellite. <laughs> That's exactly it. What we get is the ability, and in, in Arthur C. Clarke, one of my favorite authors, kind of invented it. Art? Art, Art Clarke? RDC. Mm. Poor dead bastard. Um, with With satellite communications, you've got the ability to send signals all the way around the world and back more efficiently, more accurately, more reliably. And again, expanding our universe. You've got people who are, are able to communicate from the United States all the way over to Russia and say, you know, when are you dropping the bomb? That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah, I think that's our list. And I think that we pretty much cover the entire universe uh, and the history of man.
1: Yeah, very uh, significant developments made by uh, great minds in, uh, in the history of and humanity. And what have you done? Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> anyway, we got a tune? <laughs> we do. Uh, let's check it out.
2: soon I'll see you on the moon And maybe someday afar
1: Deny the metal, baby. <laughs> metal? Well, she could those little guitar riffs sound kind uh. of metal, but punk rock guys get a little offended when you insinuate their music sounds like metal, you know? so I need more r- bass to be metal. Like. Well, and, and we're running kind of late, so we're going to have to go in a minute, but that was a band called The Unknown uh, from a record called Still Unknown, and I, we believe that song was called Puzzles. It's just a guess. And I actually engineered on this session, but I don't remember the songs. It was so long ago, but I'll tell the story very briefly. The the lead engineer, Jason, was up at the studio that I worked at working with these guys. They're from Cleveland. And um, one of his best friend's fathers had died, and he had to jet home to Jersey to be supportive for his friend so I got a call ring 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 Rich we need you to finish the session with the unknown Jason had to blow town you know a f- a emergency blah 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 so I blow into the studio I mean everything's set up and ready to rock They're, they were just waiting for me to get there basically to continue tracking and I just had a great time working with these guys and uh, it's like 10 years ago you know and um, and I, I finally uh, asked the guy to send me the tracks and he did and anyway these are the, the tracks that I worked on on this record I just don't remember any of well, them good stuff know? we're gonna play some more of them some, some strong pop punk. Anyway, I, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know. We got nothing else. We're running like way long here. Dude.
0: And so says the call. of us. It's time
1: to go. Yes. Anyway, this is Rich Wilgus. He is, and I'm John Tellerico. And you've been listening to the bloodthirsty vegetarians minus the the <laughs> guest. Sans guest, without guest, Oren Domenico. Thank you very much, Oren, you bastard. Jesus. We'll get back to them. Beatings. Brutal beatings will be uh, will be handed out. Check us out on the web,
0: www.bloodyveg.com. Send us some feedback. I'm uh, kind of missing the real world out there. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Check out our forum, which iPokey is about the only
1: person who's been participating in other than me lately. Www. I'm taking that thing down. That bloodyveg.com slash forum. I nah, don't take it down yet. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the VIB.